Welcome to another PCT podcast. I'm PCT Internet Editor Brad Harbison, and I'm happy to be joined by Kevin Hathorne, Technical Director of Terminex Service in Columbia, South Carolina. And for this podcast, we wanted to learn how Terminex dealt with the destructive Hurricane Florence and the subsequent flooding, that the, and, and how the company and its customers and its service areas are recovering. Kevin, thanks for joining me. Hi, Brad. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Kevin, um, just as, as background, what is Terminex Services' service territory, and how many accounts do you estimate were impacted by the hurricane and then the flooding? So uh, we are a franchise of Terminex International, uh, the largest franchise, and our territory is basically the entire state of South Carolina, uh, western third of North Carolina, basically Charlotte West to the border, and then a couple of counties around Augusta, Georgia. Uh, as far as the areas that were affected by the flooding was mostly what we call our PD region. Um, it's named for the, the PD rivers that flow through that area. And it includes uh, the Myrtle Beach area, Conway, uh, Florence. Um, actually, it's funny, you know, the city of Florence got affected by <laughs> really? Hurricane Florence. Huh. And then, you know, Kevin, with this storm, there was there was a lot of buildup, a, a lot of coverage prior to the storm happening. It seemed like people knew for a long time it was coming. What type of plans did Terminex put in place, both for its customers and employees, prior to the hurricane hitting? Right. We do have uh, what we call our hurricane or uh, severe weather preparedness uh, uh, document that uh, each branch has their own set of um, instructions on things that they need to do to prepare for uh, really any kind of uh, severe weather um, that's, that's coming their way, uh, especially uh, branches along coastal areas have the hurricane preparedness uh, part of that as well. And that includes things like uh, basically just being prepared for flooding mostly, uh, making sure that uh, all the files are, are picked up off the floor, um, that, uh, that customers are uh, that are scheduled to have uh, services during that day or, or rescheduled for uh, a time afterwards um, and uh, just kind of shoring up, getting emergency contacts in place um, and then just make, you know, shoring up the, the building and, and the property and just to make sure that uh, we don't have any flying debris or, or anything that, be, that, that can cause an issue. Sure. And then, uh, you know, talk about that plan. I mean, how did how were you able to put that plan into action once this this particular storm, Florence, actually hit? Yeah, the good thing about hurricanes is we have, you know, several days' notice as, it, as it's coming. Um, even though this one, the uh, the track was, you know, it, um, it wavered quite a bit. They, they weren't sure exactly where it was going to go. Um, uh, but anyway, but we, we still like to prepare as, as – as it's getting uh, closer to um, to land, uh, we certainly tell them to go ahead and start uh, putting the preparedness plans in action, uh, making sure that uh, emergency contacts are are up to date and, and people are prepared um, to uh, to receive any any uh, further information on that. To to look at our schedules, to look at customers that are being scheduled, um, and to go ahead and uh, start uh, again. Preparing for flooding events, picking up stuff off the floors, and um, and battening down the hatches, uh, so to speak. And uh, Kevin, I know you mentioned uh, obviously flooding from past experience. Flooding was a concern. I mean, what were the pest control concerns that you had uh, post hurricane? You know, based on past experience. 
Right. Uh, so we, we do tend to, the big thing that we uh, get prepared for is the influx of mosquitoes coming into the area. Uh, we also, you know, flooding, it, it really displaces a lot of pests. Um, fire ants, I'm sure you've seen the videos or pictures of the fire ant mounds, um, as they, or rafts, I should say, as they float along uh, floodwaters until they reach uh, dry land and then set up. So it can really dis disperse uh, fire ant colonies to other areas uh, where they can actually uh, even get into people's houses. Uh, a lot of things um, um, just just get pushed to other areas, rodents especially, uh, as, as their burrows and, and their homes are getting flooded, they're going to kind of leave and try to head for higher ground as well, which a lot of times is inside our customers' homes. Sure. So those are... Uh, those are some things that we, we kind of expect to, to prepare for. Uh, mosquitoes, rodents, uh, afterwards, after the floodwaters recede, um, then we have a, a big influx of, of different types of flies, usually filth flies and things like that. Sure. And then, again, you know, taking a look at those past experiences um, and then comparing them to what you've seen with this storm, can you talk about that a little bit? Is, is, has that pretty much held true, or have there been any kind of surprises with this particular storm? It, it's pretty much held true. We, we did have a huge influx of, of mosquitoes. I think the, the big surprise this time were um, the numbers of the, uh, the really large mosquitoes that are that some people call the galley nippers. Uh, you know, they had a there was a couple of articles about them exploding in, in uh, uh, North Carolina after the floods, but we got affected by them too. Actually, um, it's not a mosquito species that we typically see very often or experienced much, but there was a huge influx of them um, in, in some of those areas that were affected by the floods. Sure. And, and also the other, uh, the other big issue that you kind of touched on was termites. And you know, how can events such as major flooding impact or compromise existing termite treatments? The, the big thing with termite treatments is, is soil displacement. Uh, whether or not you have, you, you know, with a baiting system, um, you don't have to worry about that too much. The, the system's still going to be in place and, and still going to be effective after the, the floodwaters recede, as, so long as uh, none of the stations got uh, physically removed or washed away. Uh, with a liquid treatment, liquid barrier treatment, the uh, same thing is true. As long as the, the soil is, is left intact, you can have some flooding occur, but and as soon as those floodwaters leave, uh, it's not going to affect the, the treatment too much because that termitocide is, is bound to the soil. Uh, but if you had some areas that were washed out, especially around foundation areas where the soil has actually been removed, then that's really going to affect your treatment and uh, probably have to do something to, to retreat those areas. And then uh, what are some of the signs that, you know, both homeowners and PCOs need to look for in, in terms of, uh, you know, termite treatments? Yeah, the big thing is just kind of walk around the outside of the house, um, look at the area, the areas next to the foundation, you know, and, and, and just look and see if you had any um, removal of soil in those areas. If, you, if it looks like uh, some, some soil has been washed away, uh, then that, that could be an area of concern. Um, certainly also fallen debris, uh, tree limbs and things like that uh, would need to be picked up because that could obviously you know, be an extra food source for the termites. Um, 
And then if you have a baiting system, just kind of check and make sure that the stations are still intact and haven't been uh, removed by the floodwaters. And uh, I know Terminex, uh, you folks had sent out a press release kind of advising homeowners about the flooding and also letting them know about uh, that you guys are available for a free inspection. Um, how is that being received? Have you guys been doing, have you been busy doing inspections, termite inspections? <laughs> um, su surprisingly, no. Uh, we haven't had, uh, you know, uh, very many extra inspections being requested. I think that um, uh, most customers maybe can, can, you know, will let us know if something seems off or, or um, that we need to come out and kind of take a look at it but, uh, or just kind of re rely on us to um, come back for our, our periodic inspection and um, make sure everything is in place. But we haven't really had any um, or very many uh, increases in, in inspections because of that. Gotcha. And then um, just maybe kind of give us an update. I mean, um, in, the, in these flood-affected flood areas and, and hurricane-affected areas, are things starting to return to normal a little bit? And, and maybe what are some challenges and opportunities the region faces? Yes. Uh, yes, thankfully, um, you know, it's, it's still got some damaged homes and people kind of cleaning out their, uh, their, their flood-damaged homes and trying to make those repairs. That, that is an opportunity for us as well. Uh, we do have... Um, some some areas have their own building and repair departments, um, which can lend a hand and uh, maybe help people kind of repair certain areas of their home. Um, certainly afterwards, uh, whenever areas of the house get water damaged, you can have certain pests like uh, sosids or um, springtails becoming an issue, and so we'll certainly uh, keep an eye out for that and, and provide uh, treatments for those as they become an issue. Um, and also, we do a lot of moisture work in crawl spaces in houses, too, and that's, that's something that we would have to keep an eye on if we've got an encapsulated crawl space, um, you know, that would need to mitigate the water out of that and, and make sure that the dehumidifier hasn't been damaged in any way. And then, uh, Kevin, maybe the last question is just kind of forecasting ahead a little bit. I mean, what, if, if any, longer-term pest changes or challenges do you think the region may encounter as a result of the hurricane and the flooding? Well, uh, certainly um, I would think the, the pests that we tend to typically deal with, just, just going to be more of them um, due to the increased amount of moisture uh, and water in the area. Um, certainly mosquitoes are, are going to be an issue for a while as long as it stays warm. And uh, and as I mentioned, like uh, the, these, those moisture-loving insects like um, sosids and, and springtails and, and millipedes can also become an issue uh, later on down the road as well. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for, for those things and, and make sure that when they become an issue, we are communicating with the customer on, on what we need to do to get that under control. Sure. Okay. Well, great. Well, Kevin, uh, I appreciate you joining us, and, and thanks again for you know, sharing your, your story and your experiences with us and with uh, PCT's readers. Absolutely. And thank you for, again for having me. Um, you know, these times are, are tough for a lot of people, um, and I guess that's an issue as well. Uh, it, it's hard to maybe schedule regular test treatments when people, you know, are coming back to their houses and, and, they're, and they're, you know, a lot of times badly damaged and they're, and they're certainly more worried about that. And 
we, we do everything we can to kind of help out our, our customers out and kind of ease them through um, this, this period of, of distress for them. But um, thank you again for, for having me. I, I really enjoyed talking with you. Sounds good. I appreciate the insights, uh, Kevin. And I want to thank all of uh, PCT's uh, listeners for, for tuning in today, and have a great day.